0: Here we go. So welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life, the home edition. I am your host, Rich James. In today's Rich Life recent events, we have Susan Rice. She makes her case for Biden's vice president slot. And um, Monty, who, who, who's that other person? That's uh, I think her last name is Harris. Is she's uh, in contention for the vice president slot, also.
1: Hey, yep, that would be Kamala Harris of California. Kamala
0: Harris, yes. So uh, Susan Rice, and uh, she's making her bid to to be the vice president. Who you think is gonna gonna get that bid, uh, Monty? Uh,
1: I, I don't, I don't want to say I think they're gonna get it. I hope Kamala Harris gets it. I, I really like the way she represents herself in in the Senate.
0: Okay, okay, well, we'll we'll see. Also, um, for those... uh, Nothing
1: against Susan Rice, though, because she was a great um, national security advisor.
0: Oh, okay. So one way or another, we're going to have potentially have a a female vice president, so Mm -hmm. that definitely should be interesting.
1: I didn't know Stacey Uh, Abrams was out of the running, though.
0: Yeah, she just... some folks didn't really agree with some of her policies, and
1: but it's and not her campaign. Too. I mean, she still uh, has to listen to her boss.
0: Well, this this this, this is true. This is true. She,
1: she wouldn't be the policy out. maker. She would be the policy instructor more so.
0: Is that how they do that?
1: Cool. Yeah, she takes her order. Her marching orders from the president. From
0: the president. Yeah. Okay. The you know, well, Vice we'll
1: president can't do out. nothing without his with without his instruction. He this can make recommendations true. and. Or she, he or she can make recommendations, but...
0: Okay. Makes make, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, in other news, um, Hurricane Isaiah um, floods parts of the Mid-Atlantic coast, and it's making its way up toward the northeast. I think we are uh, seen a little bit of that the last two days here in the DMV area. Um, did, did, were you impacted by the Isaiah money?
1: I had no idea it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest because no, you're shut no, in no I was not but I do know some people that live in Delaware there are some of their roofs were taken off their homes and trees fell into their homes and
0: oh wow wow so yes you know hurricanes are pretty we had a couple of those flood warnings that happened so you know hopefully folks you uh, didn't get impacted by that hurricane too much um, and then we'll close it out with Rich Life recent events uh, Mississippi as we're still in this pandemic state, Mississippi is on track to become the number one state for the new coronavirus virus cases. So um, all I can do is say, stay safe and uh, continue to exercise social distancing and, and, and wear a mask, please, please wear a mask. So, all right, so that's our Rich Life recent events. And we're gonna get this show started I'm here at Living a Rich Life talk show. We intend to inform, inspire, and remind each other the importance of living a rich life through six principles. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, extraordinary experiences, goals and achievement, and philanthropy. Today, we have a great lineup with the principal Extraordinary Experiences. Our special guest, uh, she is a leader who inspires girls and young women to greatness. And with that being said, let's talk about it. Our special guest is founder and CEO of I Believe In Me. And we'll allow her to tell us exactly what I Believe In Me is all about. Please welcome the lovely and talented Courtney Robertson.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you, Rich, for having me on. I appreciate it. I Believe in Me Girls is a mentoring and leadership group for girls ages 8 to 18. We're all about forward movement, about building self-esteem, and just helping our girls understand their greatness and pushing them towards it. Nice, nice. Well, thank you
0: very much for joining. Um, I I will have to say I did a little research and understand about the program because, again, we met at a philanthropic event. Do do you remember? Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I might have been uh, just poking at you a little bit. I was like, "Hey, I'm on the list. I'm on the list." And I think my other person wasn't on the list, but you graciously uh, allowed that person in. So I want to say thank you once again for that. That lovely because it was a lovely event, and um, enjoyed myself. So Thanks. let's get let's get right into it because we want to understand how do you inspire these girls. We want to know a little more about I believe in me. But first and foremost, we also want to get to know you. Um, so tell us where you're from. And um what were some of your favorite parts of growing
2: up? I am born and raised in Baltimore. Um started my younger life in the community of Turner Station and moved to Woodlawn later. And Turner Station is actually the place that I hold dear and he, hold dear to my heart. Um it is a place where I just learn to grow and flourish, and play, and find new adventures, and kind of discover who I would become. So, spending summers there with my grandmother, those are most my most, you know, treasured hey, memories as a young person.
0: Nice, nice. As a young person, like like you're talking, like you look like you're about nineteen or something. We have a no, run- wish. <laughs> So so, so, so tell us what what were some of the major challenges that you encountered and had to overcome that made you who you are
2: today? Um, I would mainly say loss of loved ones oh over time, it kind of pushed me to do a little bit more, to want more, um just to fight a little harder, believe a little more, trust a lot more,
0: yeah, I, okay. So, so you just having that experience, because we all sometimes, you know, we we go through things and we handle death a different way. Um, I know for myself personally, it was a period of no one died in my family for years. Mm -hmm. And then when it happened, it just seemed like a domino effect. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a challenge that you have to overcome when you you lose someone and time Mm -hmm. heals all wounds, as they say. Um, Let's get into your nonprofit. I I believe in me. I, I love this. So. You are the founder of this amazing nonprofit organization, um, which is a leadership program, as you mentioned, for girls and young women. Um, Tell us about the breakdown of the acronym
2: BELIEVE and how you came up with this idea. Um, Well, uh, I Believe in Me actually came about because I was actually having a rough time in my life at at that present moment. And I had to keep telling myself, I believe in me, I believe in me over and over. And until I started to actually believe it myself and the acronym is actually becoming emerging leaders, inspiring excellence and values every day.
0: Ah, okay. See, I like that word. See, inspire. See, that's one of the reasons we wanted you to be to be on the show, because, again, it's all about inspiring. And I do recall, again, as I mentioned, that event um, at at the uh, Sagamore Pantry. Um, was was very nice, and folks seemed to look for your leadership during that time because they definitely was not making any moves <laughs> <laughs> until they talked to Courtney. So, I, uh, so clearly you inspire others, and they definitely looked for your leadership during that time. So that was that was great. That was great, yeah. and, and you did a quick change up on me too because you went from work mode, <laughs> and then you, you changed up and said, "Oh, that's a different little different person. That's a different looking person." So, but but anyway. Getting, staying on track. Um, so how
2: long has the organization been around? Tell, tell us that. We have been uh, fully functioning for three years now. Okay. Uh, the idea came about in 2017. And in 2018, we launched and we just hit the ground running and has been going ever since.
0: Okay. So what is the most rewarding revelation you've had while working with these young women and, and girls through the organization?
2: organization? What's something that just really stands out? Um, Just hearing them, some of the things that they say, the the girls in the program, especially when they talk about what the program has done for them. And it was, mm, I thought in the beginning that it would be the younger girls that would be more excited about the program and all in, but it's actually the teenagers who have given a lot of positive feedback about the program, which is surprising because, you know, teenagers can be a little rough you know to deal with especially girls at the age of 15 16 but just to hear their positive feedback you know it warms my heart and lets me know that we are making a difference
0: yeah absolutely i have a 14 year old girl myself so um you know we're going through our we're going through our struggles right now but she she's an amazing young lady she's definitely an amazing young lady so all right. So good. Hearing that feedback from them kind of keeps you, keep you grounded and like, hey, this is what the organization is about. OK, I like that. Um, so what's some of the future plans that, you know, I believe in me um, has coming, has coming? You know, I know that the COVID situation, things kind of shifted a little, probably. Um, uh, what are you using this time to do now during the, the COVID-19 coronavirus situation?
2: How, how has it shifted, I guess, in terms yeah. of the situation we're in now? before COVID of course we were ready and set to take over the world. We were we are like the um the Girl Scouts with swag is what I say. Oh <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. So we we have big plans about what we want to do in the future right now because of COVID of course we are in the virtual world so we still continue with our bi weekly sessions with the girls but we have to do it uh, by the computer. So gotcha. plans in the future is just to send them the materials that they would need, you know, in preparation for each session so that we can try to do as much as we can with them under the circumstances.
0: Okay. And what so can you share with us what some of those uh those sessions look like? Is that something you can share with us? What is a typical right well, now, yet? What's a typical day look like
2: for you? Next, currently? Yes. Uh well a typical day of my life or <laughs> I, mean, I can uh, like <laughs> No, no,
0: we want to both. So we want to know because I I think as a leader, as a a woman in a leadership position, right, there's that need to balance, which, you know, that's a question as well. How do you balance it all? And folks, again, it's because it's not just about you, Which you realize your leadership is inspiring other women and and other young girls. So what is that, you know, what does a day look like for Courtney Robertson, the, the leader of
2: I Believe in Me? Well, I don't start a day without prayer, that's for sure, because when I have to wear all these different hats, I need to be prepared and, and grounded. Um, I always try to start my day by journaling in some kind of way, things that I want to accomplish, um, and then I keep it moving. I have a day job. By day, I'm a paralegal, and uh-huh. then, um, on a well, before COVID, it was sports with my kids followed by sitting on the sideline, preparing for my IBIM sessions or whatever it is that we needed to do while taking calls for philanthropic. Right, right. (laughs)
0: And, and. And, 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 okay. And so so that's the personal side of it, right? So now tell us again, what does some of those sessions look like? Um, Does it involve, you know, I, I don't know, I'll just say, Resume writing, I, of course, I'm just making up stuff, but what does those
2: sessions involve? So, currently, we're actually doing a series on black girl magic. Um, we talked about colorism and uh, part of the session about positive body image and hair, because mm. those are big things that our girls battle with. We talk a lot about social media. Um, what are proper ways to handle yourself and conduct yourself on social media, things you should post, things you shouldn't post, um, comparing yourself to people on social media. We talk about, of course, hygiene and bullying, things of that nature. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah.
0: And what was that called? Colorism? Colorism. So can, can you give us a little more? What? So what's colorism? for those that's watching and listening. Did you see my neck move? (laughs)
2: Well, What's colorism? Back in slavery days and um, also during the civil rights movement, uh, we were actually compared in the black community, um, compared amongst one another based upon the shade of brown we were. And lighter shade, um, African-Americans, of course, were treated better than those of a darker complexion. And that has kind of carried on throughout throughout uh, throughout history and on to the present day, and a lot of times the girls don't understand what that is or why they may be treated a certain way. Uh, for instance, the term uh, "good hair," you know, that's something that's a part of the whole colorism thing. Light-skinned girls with you know fine curly hair were told that they were prettier than a darker complexion girl with natural hair. So we just had to have that conversation, which was actually a tough conversation because these are things that our girls actually still deal with today and it harms their self-esteem. So, you know, we had to break it down and explain where it came from, what we could do to overcome it, you know, things that they can use to boost their self-esteem and just to let them know how amazing they are, how beautiful they are in their, you know, natural state.
0: Right. And what's, what's the ages for, for your girls? I, I to mention. Eight. What's the age? Mm-hmm. eight to 18, eight to
2: 18. Okay. So we that's, actually that's... break them down elementary school, middle school, and high school. And although we do have the same, we go over the same topics um, for each age group, but we just make them age appropriate.
0: Right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, um, some of the recommendations, what are your recommendations for our viewers to stay focused on leading in, in their industry during this crucial time, right? So is, again, you kind of mentioned quite a few things, I believe in me, um, tell us what's what's some of your recommendations to folks that's watching and listening, just to stay focused, especially during this time. So no matter what industry you're in, this is some re- some uh, recommendations that you could provide so they can stay focused what's your thoughts on that
2: create your vision i'm big on vision boards so now i think it's a good time to create and plan so whatever it is that you have in your mind put it on paper make it visual and start making a checklist and making a plan of things that you can do so when the world does reopen you can begin to execute it's now i think it's just a good time to keep your brain you know, moving and come up with great ideas and figure out how to make those ideas cleaner so that when it's time to execute, you're ready. Right, right. I mean I and I think that's a
0: good point because I mean if you if you think about it, um there's kind of like three levels of people when it comes to this pandemic right now, right? So to me there's the folks that believe that there's something out there that's you know actually happening and They're taking the necessary precautions, wearing masks and and keeping social distancing. Then there's those that don't believe there's nothing out at all. At all. (laughs) I can't, I find that hard to believe. Something, something's killing people. Something's killing people. Something's there. Right? And then, you know, there's those that it's a, it's a conspiracy of of some sort. So to me, it's like an ongoing thing. I mean, this is, this is nothing new. Just got a a new disease that is uh, massive. It's massive, and it's definitely affecting people. So, you know, just to be mindful, again, we're, we're talking with Courtney Robertson here, BeExposedRadio.com. And, um, you know, she's inspiring folks. We're talking about her organization, I Believe in Me, which stemmed from, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but some at one point you was going through some things in your life, and you kept saying, I believe in me, I believe in me, and um, it wound up coming into fruition into an organization, nonprofit organization, which is inspiring young girls from eight to 18. Um, and again, new term colorism, which it's nothing new really, but again, just to recap, it's, it's all about the shade of, of our skin. So um, definitely some inspiring words so far, and we're gonna keep it going. Um, so, so who do you consider to be a great leader or role model for young women and girls today?
2: Oh, man, every time I see First Lady Michelle Obama, I get goosebumps. I'm Like, she came from nothing and built this amazing empire of strength. Like, she is just a phenomenal woman on every level. I mean, okay. she is graceful. She is smart. Um, she shows that she has compassion. I mean, like, it doesn't get any better.
0: Michelle Obama so I I should have put the preference of you can't include Michelle Obama (laughs) you you can't include Michelle I I think you know but honestly Courtney I think it's a matter of you know you get some you get individuals like that every so often that really really kind of stand out yeah when it comes to so many different levels of of life and I think the uh, Obamas of course. You know Barack Obama becoming the first African American president, um, his first lady. You know they say he was very charismatic, and you know he's a smart you know individual and, and things of that nature. And then she really, um, in her in her own sense, was definitely a, a very empower, empower empowering woman, and um, a amazing figure. So again, I always think you know that that's that two and two. Um, in some cases, you know. I think Michelle could have uh, outshined oh, the rocks. Absolutely. You know what I mean? so, but I, but the smart thing, he's a smart man, so he probably knew that.
2: Right? Yeah, she makes him look good.
0: Yeah, yes. You know, well, you, you know, when eight to 18, um, and not too many of our, our young girls really, you know, I guess if they're exposed to someone of that caliber, it's, it's a good look. Um, but, you know, you have your, let's just be real here. You have artists. Cardi B, uh, 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 who else you got out there? Uh, uh, all those other rappers.
2: So I would say maybe somebody that they can identify with. I don't know her very well, but from what, of course, I don't know her at all. But from what I've seen from her, I think Yara Shahidi is on okay. the on the on a great path. Okay, okay. So that's somebody that I think they look to and inspires them. Gotcha.
0: So again, I guess it's it's based on your. experience
2: Experience, am I hearing? Or
0: what they're exposed to?
2: What they're exposed to because you figure a lot of young ladies, they they aren't exposed to a lot of um women in leadership. Right they are um actually paving the way for them in a way that they understand. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's I think that's where we kind of miss the um, the mark with them and being relatable. Mm, okay so that's uh, the cardi b's and the you <laughs> are
0: like popping right 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 right. <laughs> and it is it is you all your experience they they say that's what they say so tell us does courtney robertson have any hidden talents <laughs> no <laughs> no uh i give it i give you one better so i, I i've been doing some reading and um This individual I was reading and listening to some of their music, uh, and we'll give her a shout out, Shardell Moore. Self-love is a beautiful journey, um, and I urge you to check that out. But she says everyone has a superpower.
2: My superpower? What's your superpower? My superpower, superpower I think, is um, the ability to bring joy to people. I think in almost an infectious way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that is my
2: superpower.
0: I, I, you know what, I will co-sign on that. <laughs> I, I, will, <laughs> I, I will co-sign on that. I, I will co-sign on that. <laughs> yes, indeed, because you, you definitely joy. You're just a, a bubble of joy. It's
2: like, oh, okay, yes. The singing, dancing, instruments.
0: None of that, though. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's keep it going. In your career, have you experienced a situation where you were faced with an obstacle that you had to to get creative to solve, and, and tell us what happened. Yes. So,
2: <laughs> since you are familiar with
0: philanthropic, I
2: will yes. say I did an event. It was called Guys for Philanthropic, and it was there. Guys. Yes, it was for okay. the so to support Maryland Art Place. And it was the fall fundraiser and Bacardi was the sponsor. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we need to highlight Bacardi because this is what Mr. McDaniels wants. Let's highlight Bacardi. I had the whole room, red and black design for Bacardi, three floors, all decorated. It was Friday night at eight o'clock and he came in and he said, I don't like red. Up lights, we had up lights, drinks, everything. Holy red and black. He said, I don't like red. I said, okay, well, it's Friday and it's eight o'clock and event is tomorrow and it's seven o'clock He said fix it Anybody that does any type of event planning understands that saturday deliveries for things like that are kind of like either over-the-top expensive or Mm non-existent But he said fix it and I had to get really creative. And when he came back the next day, the whole uh, the whole room on the third floor had been changed to match uh, Bombay sapphires,
3: uh-huh.
2: which okay. are
0: blue
3: and gold. Right, right.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> funny. Uh, shout out to Zach. He said, "Fix <laughs> it. I don't. I don't like this. I don't like this." Oh, okay. So we got a we got a comment or a question from yeah. someone. Um so what type of support does I believe in me need like right now what type of support does I believe in me need
2: Um two things of course funding we're a nonprofit grassroots so we always need funding and support there and actual um, mentors that have a heart to serve we would like to get to a point where we have uh at least a ratio of 2 to 1 um mm-hmm mentors to mentees, but I'm really big on the that volunteer having having the spirit of IBIM has to really have a heart to serve.
0: Okay, so so funding and and mentors for those that's watching and listening, you know, we always know funding is uh definitely a uh, something that we folks look for in a nonprofit organization. And and then of course mentors. Um, and uh, you know, you can how how can they reach you, Courtney, to make sure that they could, you know, if they have questions, let's give them that information now for those watching and listening now.
2: Uh they can email me directly at C Robertson at ibelieveinme.com or uh reach us through our Instagram page, which is I B-I-M underscore girls, or Facebook, which is I B-I-M Girls. Uh, Okay.
0: All right, so you have that information, please be sure to reach out Um, if you have any questions and and comments. If you want to help support um, the cause, which I think is a a great cause, and you have uh, someone great leading leading them, so be sure to uh, support that. Um, So we have uh, another question that came through here. What is the most significant item you must have on you
2: at all times and why? my faith uh-huh. because um, never in this in this line I've I've created what while I thought that helping children would be something that would be easy because I'm volunteering my time and it wouldn't be you know tough to get support but there's so much red tape and there's so many hiccups along the way so you just have to have faith and trust the process um, just continue to do the work and just pray and believe that it it will fall in place. So, so
0: your thought was I'm volunteering my time, I'm volunteering my energy, uh, and, and probably in some cases your resources also. And what was it, the feedback or the energy that you were receiving for a period of point of time wasn't exactly what you
2: expected? when it comes to, when it came to space, just having a space to operate where we all know that there there are plenty of empty spaces all around, you know, our city and our county for uh, people to use, but the red tape to use the space and just getting people to actually support some of the events at times. Um, And it's all, you know, for the greater good. So you would think, that it would be like, oh, yes, let me jump in and, you know, help. Let me see what I can offer because we complain about the kids and them not doing anything and them being a menace. But then you have somebody that's willing to help to provide the structure, but then, you know, the support. But I will say that is only 15%. You know what I mean? Like the 85% of it is all good. But, you know, sometimes that 15% can feel so heavy that, you forget about the 85%. Gotcha. So, you know, I don't want to make light of that. We have a tremendous um, support system for the program.
0: Okay. Now, are you a music lover, Courtney? You like music? I can't think of anyone that doesn't like music. I love music. I love music. Okay. So what's your favorite album or, or artist right now that's uh, kind of getting you through, through right the, through, through the day? Or overall?
2: Oh, give me give me both right now. Because, you know, sometimes you some oh, music. Oh, and people probably wouldn't agree or don't understand, but it just does something to me. Monifa's Moments is like my favorite album. I love that album. I don't know why, but I did. It just, it. Get you going. I, I, maybe because it was a good place in life. I don't know. But I love that album. And right now I have been listen to, listening to, is it Khalid? Like I like his sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like his sound. So came from,
0: but so I let me let me throw this out there. There's um folks at the Cyber Soul Sunday, mm-hmm. my guys, Bourbon and Boys Shorts podcast. They play some classics. And you know how you do the battles with uh the Sade's, and the Bakers and all that. They do their own little thing as well. So um, you know. They did uh, most recently Jodeci versus Drew Hill. It was a nice, it was a nice sound. But if you like the you know, kind of music, they they got a lot of stuff that's happening, so you got to check them out as well. It's really, I, I gotta tell you, I do. Sometimes I do my cleaning up when I'm listening, listening to them. Yep. See,
2: I'm I'm kind of old. They, my son keeps telling me I need to get with my Apple Music, but I still listen to Pandora. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay My I don't even know patient is everything true in total on Pandora unmatched oh goodness oh <laughs> I, I i will remember that I will remember that
0: um so what's some new discoveries that you have found out about yourself or or others during this journey of leadership and running an organization right so you you probably learned some things about yourself, kind of your your peas your pet peeves, and all that other good stuff, either about yourself or others. So share share with us some of those discoveries
2: that I'm not a good dictator. We uh-huh. not um, I'm not a boss. Like I don't. I'm told that I'm bossy, but I don't feel like I'm bossy because I really have a hard time letting go of things. Mm-hmm. I like to. I'm really particular about how I want things, so it's been hard for me to let go and delegate like some of the responsibilities within the program. So I'm learning how to do that. And I have an amazing team who they're fully capable, you know, 100%. Of course, I wouldn't have, you know, chosen them to be a part of the team if they were not. So I'm starting to learn how to do that a little bit better.
0: Yeah, see, for me, that's probably the opposite on some things. I I rely heavily on my my executive director to, to kind of lay out the format for the show. I rely heavily on Monty, who produces the show. <laughs> um, I rely heavily on the folks that that do my graphics, that you know put my videos together. Um, I think probably for me the only thing is just sometimes when I review stuff, I'm real, I'm real, you know, critical because again I, I am detailed myself. But you know, like you said, you got a good team. They definitely know I'm not bossy. I mean, but I, I will say. I, I I expect a lot because they deliver a lot, mm. and um, you know, from my executive director to my producer, I told him I said, "Hey, every show, every show, I try to come up with something new to stump him." But like I said, he's a magician; he just comes up. Uh, so you know, I think again, I'm just the opposite. <laughs> they, they won't say I'm they won't say I'm bossy. They might say I'm uh, I'm spoiled. Spoiled, I think that's what it is. But, yeah. I, I am definitely, definitely, definitely spoiled. So, you know, there's always that question in, in in interviews when they talk about your legacy, right? Again, I, you, you do have a heart of gold. What, um, what legacy would you like to leave behind for your family and those that kind of serve you now and work with you at I Believe in Me? Hmm.
2: What does that legacy look like? I would say anything that represents me, I would want it to be love, compassion, and service. Love, compassion, and service. That
0: sounds like a line from the Best Man.
2: Yeah, is it? <laughs> Let me think.
0: No. no, 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 that wasn't God Family Football.
2: Yo, you're right.
0: <laughs> I, I'm a movie. I'm a movie guy. What, what can I say? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a movie guy. Um, so, starting a, a nonprofit organization. Um, any advice to those that's interested in doing what you do um, that you can share with us and share with them watching and listening? Um, what advice would you give, and maybe it might be some advice you give to uh, some of your girls now, right? Because at 18, are they out of the program? Let's, let's take a step back. After 18, do a lot of your girls still maintain communication
2: with you? Well, that is the plan. Most of them, we only have one that has graduated so far, and we are in communication. Um, but a lot of our girls, our oldest right now, they're juniors they're going to be changed okay so we only have one that has gone on but
3: um
0: i guess your program is all about advice so right it is it it really it really is when you think about it Um, because
2: i I just wish that i had someone to tell me some of the things that um you know we're making available to them Mm -hmm. now because you hear that don't do this and don't do that but I feel like if, I, if someone would explain to me why, if someone would have explained to me some of the things that would have occurred if I chose to do this versus not choosing to do this or um, just helping me to uh, plan, you know, mm-hmm. for the future, just to actually have a vision for my future. I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be a dentist and I said it often, but nobody really took the time to show me how to get there you know, I was just kind of figuring things out. And then when it, when I got to a point where it seemed hard, mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, I'm scared." skirt, like that's, it's too much, you know, but it would have been great if I would have had, you know, a mentor or someone to say, hey, well, you know, slow down, you know, take your time, do this, this way, go over here and do that, that way. And eventually, you know, you'll get there, but trust the process.
0: Right. Do, do any of your, your, your your girls actually, and and do you mentor boys or is this
2: strictly a girls program?
0: Only girls
2: because uh, for a few years, I was actually the um, program director for a mentoring program, which was for girls and um, guys in high school. And it just felt like the girls were underserved and you know, everybody is worrying about, of course our young men because they're dying on the street. And you know, I always felt like our girls were dying on the inside and nobody was paying attention. Facts. Good point.
0: Good, good point. Uh, uh, which, which is, which is true. I mean, young black man is dying on the streets, and in some cases, like you said, just that self-love, self-care, and having that awareness and and someone to share that vision is um is, is definitely definitely a part of it. It's Definitely a part of it. Um, so what do you have coming down the pipeline? I mean, you know, since you're planning, is there anything you can share in terms of what's coming down the pipeline with I believe in in me. Um so, you know, first and foremost, well I don't think, I don't think we're gonna have any events. Uh, no. So. <laughs> so that's that's really what I'm getting at. I, I don't yeah. no no I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look, so.
2: But the big things that we normally have um mm-hmm. that will be coming down the pipeline are events. And you know, so we're trying to just rethink what it looks like. Okay. There will be no events, but one thing that i'm really trying to focus on um in 2021 is preparing a like a big sister piece to our program so that our younger girls uh you know get some guidance from their peers okay. so that's some piece that we don't have currently that i want to work on
0: okay nice nice um tell us what do you wish people knew about courtney that very few people may know
2: um, I don't know that I wish that people would know it, but surprisingly, <laughs> peoplely. Say it again. I'm not like peoplely. I like to be by myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can co-sign on that one.
2: Too. Yeah, some people wouldn't think that because I I talk a lot and I talk to everyone, but when I get home, I just like to just be quiet. Just be quiet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I can, I can, I can dig it. I can dig it. We got a question from uh, another viewer. What's the best advice slash lesson you've learned from your students? Ooh, good question.
2: Ooh, that's a great question.
0: What's the best advice lesson Ooh, that's
2: you've a learned? great question. What's the best? You know, one thing that I've learned that I didn't realize is that, um, our young girls, they are actually filled with uh positive um what can I just positive juices. So mm-hmm. I listen to them, you know, talk about how much they love themselves and how they think they're pretty. And you know, I don't know what happens along the way later in life, but they've taught me that, you know, in that that um that state of purity, like just not being tainted by the world yet, like you, mm-hmm. you love mm-hmm. yourself. So right. you got to get back to that. So they actually inspire me to say, girl, you you got it. Like, you know it." Right, so right. they, uh, and, and one of our young girls actually um, said to me one day about living colorfully and that kind of stuck with me. Living uh, colorfully. Yeah. She told me that I was very colorful and that that was a good thing to live colorfully, and I never thought about it like that. Okay, the students, yeah, with well, the students, I t- you know, to live a life full, you know, like mm-hmm. just just live a life full. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Well, that's that's uh, again just the, those those notes. That's an excellent question. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, because I think you do also learn, uh, and I'm I'm kind of finding myself. At this point now, where I'm, I'm learning some stuff from my daughter, and, and I'm learning that I need to listen more yeah. um, and hear what she's saying versus uh, I, I don't get defensive, but uh, I just need to listen more to what she's saying because you know I, I'm from the age where I'm the parent,
2: you're the child. Yeah, you it's know, a new it's it's a new world now. <laughs> These
0: children are different. That's what I saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and, and as long as they're not disrespectful, um, I just know I have to listen. I have to listen more to her. So I'm I'm working on that. We be going through that process because again, living a rich life, it's about strong relationships also. So that's that's a good point. Learning something from from the students. So thank you for sharing. Thank thank you for thank you thank you for sharing. Um, so again, let's go back to this COVID nineteen. Um, and, and where we are right now. So, do you have a favorite pastime before uh, and and during this COVID thing, this COVID COVID pandemic?
2: Reading. I love. Reading. To
0: read.
2: I love to read about love, though. Like um.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that so, was all we all we need is love there's a song I, or something like that
2: yeah we uh we actually just tried to put together a book club and i picked the book and i put picked a book that just felt like it was filled with all kinds of good stuff for intelligent people and it was going to be a good read it just made me when i looked at the title and i saw it i'm like oh this seems like smart people will read it i'm gonna read this book and i started reading it and
0: it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> oh it, it wasn't all right. no <laughs> how, do you, how, how do you formulate a book club now right I guess folks reading in your zoom or everything is zoom, zoom, zoom. zoom, zoom, zoom. everything is
2: Zoom. everything is
0: me yeah so so um I, I started reading myself a little more these days however it's um I'm preparing for an exam so
3: oh
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a, P, a pmp yeah yeah so that's good. absolutely a- Absolutely yeah so let's 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 talk about the balance now right so three years in with i believe in um paralegal so that's that's always a a tough job as well um how do do you balance between the family friends it's probably a little easier now but how how do you balance things
2: it's actually a little more difficult now um oh well because i've never stopped working so i okay point-in-law, so we've been working the whole time. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's a little tougher now because we can't actually see, you know, our family and friends. So yeah. you're getting a lot of phone time or Zoom time, but there's still not a lot of hours in the day. And yeah. Facts.
0: My mother told me and my brother, y'all can't come see me. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no. Mom said no. She, she said, y'all can't come see me, but she will FaceTime the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> she called me today talking about uh, I need to put some pictures. My nephew's birthday, his eighth, eighth birthday is coming up and um, we're all putting together a video. So everybody in the family is going to put together a video that gives him a shout out for his birthday uh, which I think was an amazing idea by my sister. So, But yeah, my mother, was like, oh, y'all can't come see me. You got
2: to be creative now. Yeah, you ain't lying about that. You ain't lying about that. Oh my goodness. So with the balance, mm, it's been busy, but I think it's uh again given a little bit more time to prepare. I feel I just feel like now if you're not prepared for something, like mm. it's your fault.
0: Oh uh, you know, someone said that too. I think this is an opportunity to definitely plan. You should I, I think something, whatever it is, right? You should be your, your mind should be thinking, okay, how I'm going to move. After this, at, again, at a minimum, it should be like, how am I going to move? How, you know, what's going to change? How do I need to change? Or you could be like, well, I need to generate some more income. So now this is a, another stream of income for you. But, or, or I need to get my license. And, and what does that look like? I should be studying, driving, reading the book. But it, to me, they're really, because, you know, say the idle time is the devil's workshop or something like that. Um, so that's, that's 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 interesting that you bring that up. Um, One of the things I do is I always ask my guests, um, what does living a rich life mean to them? And uh, it's about that time for me to ask you that question. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, what does living a rich life mean to you, Courtney Robertson?
2: Um, Things that make you smile, like just Mm -hmm. happiness. What brings you joy? Like those things, like not the tangible things in life, but those moments that you can you know, sit days later and and think about it and smile and say, you know
0: what, my life is good. Mm, I, I like that. Short, short and sweet. Yeah. Short and sweet. Yeah, because again, it's definitely not about um, just finances, but again, when it comes to the principles of, of living a rich life, first and foremost, good health, as I mentioned, you know, um, and then having those strong relationships, um, and then the third one is financial freedom because, you know, having the ability and the means to kind of do the things that you want to do the things, to survive, having that, um, is, is key. And I think one of the big pieces are again, extraordinary experiences that you're giving these young ladies. Um, so thank you for that. And for you, it's that philanthropy piece because you're giving it back. It, um, honestly, it's, it does no good. If you can't give it back in some form or fashion, because we all need, um, and, and I can speak for example, that someone helped you get yes. to where you are. Yes. I don't believe there's any person that did anything on their own by themselves. So that's, um, that's my thoughts. So keep it short and sweet. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so tell us what's your most successful program? Because um, again, you have different programs, different sessions. And, and so how do you measure that? though? So how do you measure that? It's actually working uh, for the girls. What's, what's, you know, cause you know, we all talk about KPIs and,
2: and all this other good stuff. How do you know what, what, what does success look like for you? I think feedback from them. When, when I get the phone calls, uh, when they want advice about something or they need help with something or they want a letter of recommendation for something um, to me that, lets me know that they depend on me in a way that um, is helpful to them. They look to me as as some kind of guide or support system. So to me, it that trust is built. I can tell uh, during certain conversations that, you know, they are engaged in what we're doing and that they've kind of embraced it. Right. So that that to me is how I measure the success, just by the feedback that I get from the girls. Because numbers, we can look at numbers all day, but are we impacting these right. babies? You know, are, are they going to look to me when they graduate and say, Miss Courtney, I want you to be there. Like I'm excited about this. Can right. you be a part of this? Or can you look at this for me? To me, those are the things that you know, let me know that, okay, this is working, like they're, they're into it and they're getting it and they feel supported. They feel loved. Uh,
0: ab- ab- absolutely. Absolutely. That being, being invited to those extra activities in their life, yeah. you know, that, that definitely kind of, uh, gives you the sense of, yeah, yeah. I'm one, I'm a, I'm a, they appreciate what's going on and they're, they're getting it. They're connecting. So yeah. that's, um, that's, that's always a good, that's always a good thing. Um, is there anything you wish that people knew about the organization what else is there anything um, that you know people should know about the organization organization or the issues that you're trying to solve what something that we might have missed um, um, that you can think of
2: I think one of the um, I guess for lack of a better uh, description the what people don't realize is that the program is not just for um the underserved Mm -hmm. and one good thing that i like about the program we have every demographic we have single parent uh, children that come from single parent homes that um come from homes with both parents we have those that are challenged financially and those that go to private schools and the one good thing that i like is that the girls all embrace one another we don't have anybody that makes anyone feel less than in the program and it's a great learning experience for them because they get to see somebody else's situation and um it just creates a i think a more whole environment And so I think when people look at the program, they may think of it sometimes as these are children that have um, problems, you know, maybe disciplinary problems, or again, they may be in underserved communities, but we actually have a mixture of everything.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's uh, probably a a good time to to segue out. I want to thank you for joining. Thank you. I want to thank you for inspiring others and, and being on the show. Um, I, I, when this pandemic is over, I look forward to seeing you again. It, it was you. definitely a pleasure to, to see you. Um, <laughs> you. But I know how to get a hold of you now, too.
2: Ah, you did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a whole nother story.
2: And so, you will know, uh, be there.
0: <laughs> ex- exactly, exactly. So, once again, thanks everyone for watching. That's our special guest, Courtney Robertson. I believe in me, it's her organization. Be sure to follow her on her Instagram, her Facebook. And if you have any questions or concerns or comments, you can contact Big exposed radio or myself and we'll get you in touch with her. So thank you again for being on.
2: Thank you. All right. Stay safe. All right. You too. All right.
0: Uh, there you have it. Now we're going to bring on this next guest. He's uh, our featured guest. Um, and I can say a lot about this gentleman. He's a, uh, a multifaceted owner of multiple businesses concentrated in real estate investments. Um, he has an eye for architectural design like no other black man. Um, he's in contracting, he's in restaurants and mentorship. Please welcome millionaire mindset mogul, Mr. Corey Brown.
4: What's up, brother? Thanks for right. having me.
0: Absolutely. And uh, my my executive producer, I said we need some sound effects for this guy, uh, uh-huh. but he, <laughs> but he left he left he left the sound machine in the studio. As you know, this time it's a little, it's a little tough right now. So
4: yeah so I, yeah all so
0: good. I, how, how how you doing today, sir?
4: I'm fantastic, brother. How about yourself, man?
0: You know I, I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm, as I like to say, I'm I'm better than amazing. Um, That's right. So let's let's get right into it. First and foremost. One and thing sure I don't know about you, Corey, it. so so tell us where you're from and what I want to know before we even get into stuff. How did you know you wanted to get into to be a business owner and be a business owner in, in so many industries that you're currently uh-huh.
4: in? Sure. Um, so first of all, uh, Rich, I really appreciate you bringing me on, brother. I know we've um, spoke several times about making this happen. Um, I really appreciate this platform. You give me the opportunity to kind of talk about myself and um, you know things that I'm doing and obviously you as another black man grinding yourself have a ton of respect for you and what you're doing so you know I just wanted to at least pay my respects and say I appreciate it I like what you're doing and um, I'm glad I can be a part of it Um, you know just to be able to share my platform so originally from uh, New York I moved here when I was really young and um, you know went to Baltimore City Schools um, I came up and had the typical story, man. Um, dad was a heroin addict. My mom was an alcoholic. And I, at a very young age, I just decided that I wanted something bigger. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to create my own, uh, place my own trail. I wanted to create something bigger for my family because I didn't, I didn't come from a, um, high income family or, 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 household. I mean, it was, it was drug infestation from top to bottom. So, you know, I felt like, I was that person that had to make change, had to make, you know, had to be the catalyst for some sort of change in my family. So I decided, you know, I kind of wanted to make this this name of mine, this last name of mine, stand out and be something important.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you definitely because, again, so let's talk about because your design company is what's the name of your design company?
4: So my design firm is CDB Design Concepts. Um, obviously, it's my initials, which is very personal to me um and and generally what i'm saying with that uh title or what that name is the concepts from the designs that i display are mine um obviously i engage with my clients that i work with but these are all original they're all one-of-a-kind pieces that i do on all of the real estate platforms that i do both commercial and residential so it's cdb design concepts uh, Off any listeners that we have, it's uh, cbbdesignconcepts.com if you want to check out more of my work.
0: Okay, okay. And one of the things, I, uh, let, let's talk about the Millionaire Mindset Mentor Program. Uh, sure. Because I, sure. I know I've seen a couple of IG videos and uh, lives, which, again, I'm, I'm not into real estate, but very, very informative. So what does Millionaire Mindset mean to you? And um, who do you intend to reach um, the most? Who you tend to reach the most when it comes to the, that platform?
4: Sure. So I'll, I'll give you a little history um, about my real estate background. So I've been doing real estate for about 18 years. Um, I started, I actually tried out for the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't make the team. I ended up working in the front office for about two years. This was around early 2000, 2001, right after we won the Super Bowl. Um, always had a thing for real estate. I've always loved real estate. Real estate has been, on the forefront of minds, both on the design side, but just real estate in general. I always wanted to know how it worked. And to be honest with you, um, Rich, I've seen a lot of people making a lot of money. And coming <laughs> from a very low-income background, as a kid, you know, some guys is football, some guys is basketball, some guys is rap, some guys is drugs. For me, it was real estate. I said, well, you know, if these guys are making a lot of money, maybe I can do the same thing. Um, so I really jumped in to, once I, I did not make the team, I worked in the front office, I dove into trying to understand how to be an investor, like what that looked like, how to do it, because I really didn't know. I had no experience, I had no background. And um, I said, well, you know, let me give it a shot. I started to do a lot of um, self-study, self-taught stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm a a self-motivator. I don't need anybody to pat me on my back or, you know, give me a kickstart. I'm my own kickstart. So I know what I wanted and I went at it, I studied. And um, I dove in, I started out doing property management and investing in real estate myself. And to be honest with you, in my class and, and some of the, uh, you know, podcasts that I'm on, I always tell a story of how I made 50000 in my first deal. And I was like, man, like, I'm not making this much working at the Baltimore Ravens. So maybe I should really <laughs> consider this as a career. And, um, and that's what I did. And I jumped in. To fast forward to the millionaire mindset, um, probably about eight or nine years ago um, from my clients. I have a lot of clients that I either do renovations for to do property management for, and I'm also a real estate agent. And I would see these clients get a lot of properties. and I would look at these deals and I would just say like, well, this isn't a good deal. Like who told you that this was a good deal? Or mm-hmm. literally I've watched people lose their, 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 uh, their families. I've seen divorces. I've seen people lose their 401k. So in that experience, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I need to help people because I've, I've invested enough. I've made money. I've lost money. I need to help these people understand how to not lose money in a business that they can make millions in. Obviously, when people come in, they come in with the best intention. So um, I started the program and to be honest with you, I started really just helping people. So some of my clients would say, you know, can you give me some good advice on where to purchase or, you know, because they knew I had the expertise in, in a lot of different areas of real estate in the uh, contracting, the property management. And as an agent, I would say, yeah, sure, you need to buy here. And that kind of snowballed, right? More people started to ask, more people started to ask. And um, originally, I would only work with my clients because they were the people that were, you know, that was kind of like in my face. And I remember a young lady asked me, um, why don't you work with other clients outside? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And she said, I think you should. You have a lot to offer. You know your stuff. I think it would be a great idea. I said, okay. So I put together a small little kind of like, you know, program. I started doing some seminars. And then it kind of started to snowball. I started to get a lot of you know calls and response from people that um that wanted to learn more. And and that's when it was born. And then, you know, obviously me learning how to put together my own um my own platform and do speaking engagements. I've done some speaking engagements with Quick Silver, who's a, a national celebrity DJ. Um, I've done some of my own. I just said, well, this is my way to get back. So now I have a full-fledged program where I teach people from start to finish how to be a real estate investor. And I'm really happy about you know what I've been able to help people with, and what I have coming. So I'm I'm excited about that.
0: So it went, so it, it really, and it's kind of almost a similar story of myself. It went from just helping people, and then now it started to generate some income for you. So
3: yeah, right,
4: yeah. yep.
0: Yeah. So that's 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 a beautiful thing because you're doing something you love, you're helping people. On top of that, you're, you're you're being compensated, and folks appreciate you sharing that information. You know, I'm, you know, when I first started the show. Corey, someone said hey you're good at it you enjoy doing it and the money will come money will come so yeah
4: i've heard that time and time again
0: yeah and i will say i've seen quite a few and um they're good Uh, real estate is not my thing but it's it's always good to know when you got a guy it should be rich you should
4: you should jump in (laughs) you should jump in man it's a great uh it's a great business um it's a great way to generate passive income and Mm. um you know, obviously, being educated is important. So, you know where to find me if you ever if you ever have any questions about that piece.
0: This, this this is true. And let's stay let's stay on that theme of real estate. Sure. Um. So, there's this spot on York Road that um I hear is pretty live these days. Um, okay. And, well, actually, it was live before now, and it's even working well because now you provide the outside seating. Um, Absolutely. It, it's it's a restaurant called The War. Have you heard of that place? I think
4: I have. I, I, I want to say that I've heard about it at least once or twice.
0: All right. Good deal. So tell us, for those that's watching, we're with Corey Brown, um, real estate uh, uh, contractor, designer, and um, we're sharing some real estate stories. And we're going to get into his uh, restaurant now, um, Noor. So how would you come up with that concept? Tell us about that.
4: So, and I'm glad you asked. Obviously, you've you've been by a few times and I I, I most graciously appreciate the support. Um, So, Noir Restaurant and Lounge is on York Road, 5700 block, 5716 to be exact, York Road. Uh, My partner and I decided that we wanted to give our culture something that spoke, that was just as elegant, just as nice as, um, you know, a fine dining restaurant but basically had al feel, al taste, our energy. When I say al, I mean the black culture. Um, now, let me be clear, I'm not racist at all, um, but Baltimore in general, we don't have anything that's, that's really nice, that's black owned in terms of restaurant piece that speaks to the more elegant side. A lot of the places, they just don't give you the same energy that if you were at a Capitol Grill or um, a Ruth Chris or a Sagamore or even a Cheesecake Factory, so, um, because I'm a designer and I had literally no experience as a restaurant owner, um, I got a lot of help from um, one of my real close cousins who is a general manager of all of the restaurant chains for the Quarters Group, which is they own Black um, Casino. He really helped me out a great deal with the business and systematic side of it. But because I was a, you know, I'm a designer, I knew how to give the energy and the feel that I wanted to give. So um, we started the restaurant in December 2018. Um, It's tapas style, which is which is small plated food. It's modern American food. We have a little bit of soul food, a little bit of um, fine dining delicacy with lamb chops and asparagus, and then we have a little bit of just you know your your traditional wings and things like that. And what I wanted to very good by the way. (laughs) I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, our food is uh, our food is amazing, actually. So with that being said, I just wanted to give um, the people of Baltimore something to be proud of because I don't really hear a lot of people excited about going to a local black owned restaurant. Now, obviously you see a lot of people taking pictures and, you know, you know, they're on, you know, at, at, at wisdom and bygone. And for me, I feel like, you know, why not, why not us? Why not have something for us? The name in general, um, you know, I'm right in the Homeland area, Homeland, goldenstown Belvedere square area, which is a very affluent um, area where it's, it's relatively mixed race, but it's primarily, you know, the white culture and, um, Obviously two young black business owners couldn't come in this market and be like, black, what's up, right? So so in a very elegant way, I wanted to, you know, let everybody know, black, white, Asian, Spanish, it doesn't matter. I wanted to let everybody know that we, the black culture, can also have something really nice that we can be proud of. I mean, Baltimore in general is a very black city. So why not give the city something that we can be proud of? And then also offer, you know, great food. I always tell people when they come in, I say, you know, I don't want to be known as a black restaurant. I want to be known as an amazing restaurant that just so happens to be black business owners, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of really what I offer. So I really appreciate all the support, you know, um, you brought people with you and I appreciate that. And um, I always encourage people to come. We also have a private dining room space on the second floor. Yeah,
0: the Yes, I lounge. wanted to. Yeah, I, yeah, so because I was there when it wasn't ready, and right. um, I've seen it now that it is ready, right? And um, I, I gotta say, if for those again that's watching, be sure to go and, and what's the address again, Corey?
4: It's 5716 York Road, it's 5716 York Road. Um, it's right. If you're familiar with Hubert Memorial Church, I'm right across the street from Hubert Memorial Church. I'm um, literally three blocks down from B- the Belvedere Square um, community, yep. so I'm I'm right I'm well before you get to the rough part. I'm right in the in the middle, so it's uh it's nice, really really yeah. nice. We have outside dining as well. It's really nice uh right really nice atmosphere.
0: And and that private room is 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 all that. It's definitely it's it's all that. So be sure to to check that out. So let's yeah. So uh, you know that, Oh go no, ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just
4: gonna say if any listeners we have that um that don't already follow us on any any social media platforms, we are on Instagram at Noir underscore Baltimore underscore. That's N-O-I-R underscore Baltimore underscore. Noir underscore Baltimore underscore. Please uh please check us out and, and please come by. Tell tell us Rich sent you and uh we'll give you a percentage off of uh off of your off of your drink.
0: there there, there you go. And you're gonna get good service. I can tell you that. Absolutely. If you don't, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> we will have a problem. We will. Ab- absolutely. So what, what was the hardest challenge that you had to face? Because I want to get into your, your designing as- aspect sure. of things also. So what sure. was the hardest challenge you had to face in an architectural design job? And how did you overcome it?
4: Well, so it's funny you asked that question. Um, you know, my goal, my plan um my accomplishment is to be one of the best designers in the world and i don't say that lightly i really mean that and i'll tell you where i came up with that initially being a designer was just something that i that i did right um i tell a little story when i talk to my mentees and other people that i've been a designer since birth and i didn't know it when i was at home i used to i used to rearrange my room when i was a kid i'm talking about like seven eight years old i to rearrange my room a lot and my mother used to always wonder, like, why are you changing your room around so much? And it's just something that I enjoyed doing. Didn't really understand the preference behind what I was doing, but I just like the creative side of seeing a different look in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to could draw a little bit, but I really just enjoyed designing my rooms and I would take pictures from her rooms and old, you know, records and things like that, and I would make it look nice. And they always came out nice, but I really didn't understand why i did that let's fast forward to high school when i went to high school i went to emerson high school um i studied contracting the goal was for me to go to you know a trade school and be a contract of labor i ended up going to salisbury state university where i played football i graduated with a degree in business sales and marketing but i took a minor at the eastern shore which is construction management when i graduated i thought that i wanted to be a construction worker far from that right mm-hmm. my fun my passion is creating spaces is really like making spaces really be nice. Well, as I got a little older, I realized that the architectural interior design industry is not really a, a minority-based industry. The, the predominantly, mm. um, the bulk of designers and architects are either older white women or, or white men. And I said, man, you know, this is, this is not cool. You know, right. um, a friend of mine a few years ago, the top 100, architects and designers in Architectural Digest, which is probably the number one um, architectural magazine or, or uh, publication that's out all over the world. I looked through the list, this was probably about two or three years ago, and that was not one black architect in the top 100. And I really took it personal and I said, you know what? My goal is to be one of the best in the world um, because it's no way that you can tell me with all of the people in the world, I think, you know, we have a few, Two billion, I believe. Right, one or right. two billion. I don't know. <laughs>
3: just just that small little
4: number. <laughs> you can't tell me that there's not one Black person that couldn't make the list. So, um, one, it's Unheard my passion. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Unheard um, of. It. It's my passion. It's something that I've really, really enjoyed doing. Um, I do it with my eyes closed. And I've had the pleasure to do a lot of different spaces. Now, the challenge is getting people to trust that a young Black man can can give you what you really want because it's not it's not as proto, right? So I meet a lot of clients that are um they they see what you can produce, but they really don't want to pay for it. Um or they aren't or the counterparts, you know, your, you know, white clientele, they don't really trust that you can accomplish what they think that they can get from a white firm. So those that's my biggest, my biggest challenge to date, right? So I, I meet with a lot of people, and they see the work that I've done, and I've done it time and time and time and time and time again. When I meet with, you know, clients, I've done, I, I designed, um, uh, Two chains, who's a uh, yep. multi-platinum recording artist. Yep, I designed his nightclub in Atlanta called uh, Members Only. Uh, last year, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, he was a great client. Um, but You're always having to
3: prove myself
4: yourself. over and over again, and you know the funny part about it is I I um I expect a challenge and I look forward to it. You know I'm I'm the type of person that's why like, I'm like, bring it, let's do it. Right, um, man. but the challenge is I hate that I have to do it over and over again. I feel like you know if you see that I'm good enough, then compensate me accordingly. Or if you see that I'm good enough, give me the opportunity. To do it whether I'm white, black, green, Asian, purple. Allow me to um, showcase my platform and do what I do best. And I think that's a big challenge for me. And and it's okay because um I've already I understand what the reason is, and I'm willing to uh and to fight until I overcome it. So it's all good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think again to your point, it is that that unfortunately us as as black men and, and you know I don't like to talk about race too much, but it's still it's a thing. It's where it's where we it's are. Yeah. We have to and and sometimes those uncomfortable conversations we had to keep proving ourselves that
3: yeah.
0: I'm I'm capable because and like you said, I find it hard to believe all these people in the world and there's no black designers, architectural engineers that are in the top one hundred. Because you yeah. know we domi- we dominate stuff when we as a we culture do. We we dominate stuff, so that's that's right. That's that's no question. So that, that, I gotta
4: be that guy. So I made a, <laughs> I made a personal um, I made a personal decision to myself that I have to be on that list before I die, and I'm and I'm gonna get there. I promise you. And Rich, um, you know God's will that that you know we're still in communication, we're still around. I promise you you're gonna be one of one of the first people that I send the publication to and say, "Brother,
0: <laughs> I told you, I told you, I told you." <laughs> I know, I know that's right. I'm a Cause I, I I mark it down. I'm I already marked it down. I already marked it down. And uh, that's right. you know, I, one thing I I say I will say is, um, most of my guests usually wind up being being you know close friends of mine. And absolutely. um, we don't we don't talk every day, but I do know when I come down to Noir or I see you out and about. It's it's always love, and you always yeah. check on me. So absolutely, you know, that's that's how it should be. Sometimes it's
4: supposed to it. be. I was just yeah. about to say it's not it's, it's not even. Yeah. That, that shouldn't even be um, a thing, you know, once you, especially another, um, you know, another brother or sister that is of like mind. Right. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't stay in dialogue, build together. Yeah. If I have anything that I think could be a benefit to yep. your business and what you're doing, you already know, you know, we're, we're in pocket. That's, about, that's uh, what I can uh, tell.
0: Appreciate that. Yes, indeed. So let's have a little fun here now. So, yeah. you know, you because you got a lot. A lot of different avenues, a lot of different ventures, and I know it's hard to juggle. We're gonna talk about the work-life balance. But what are three must-have items on you at all times, besides your cell phone?
4: Um, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> um, besides my cell phone, um, my laptop is always laptop. on me. My laptop okay. is always on me because, um, at any given time, um, I can bust out and get on a Zoom call or anywhere I'm at, you know, um, a lot of my business is remote so I can get on. So the laptop is one, um, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit you did. Um, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that see that cell phone. See, folks don't know that cell phone, <laughs> it's a lifeline, man, let me yeah, tell you
4: without the cell phone, um, Hell, I would probably get some peace without my damn cell phone if you <laughs> want to be honest. Um, so the cell phone is one. Um,
0: laptop and your car I mean, keys. Sorry, my,
4: my, my laptop. Um, my earpiece.
0: Your earpiece. My right earpiece.
4: It, it's the weirdest thing, but I've always used an earpiece, right? Because I'm able to do more than one thing at a time. You know, um, and I don't know how, the good, how good that is, either being able, you know, having a text to communicate, but I can, you know, I'm a multitasker. Mm -hmm. So my earpiece Literally bro, if I if I don't walk out if I leave my earpiece at home, I'm like I'm like kind of out of place Um, And then the last thing is is my to-do list. I do do a to-do list every day. Um, It keeps me in line with um, The strategic part of being a business owner It's always a million things going on and I think a part of my success is doing part of some level of structure in my day So I do a to-do list every night. I have my pad with me every day when I do things, I mark it off, and I've been literally doing this for the last 18 years of business. Okay. So when I when I you know I know I went for a period of time where I didn't have it with me, and my it felt like my whole business infrastructure went haywire. Like I yeah, yeah I need structure. I'm a very structured individual. I like things to be a certain way. Um, and when I don't have it, um, I'm I'm kind of you know at a not yeah. quite at a loss, but it's just it, a little more
0: challenging. challenging.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. It's, a, it's a little tough. So I would say my earpiece, my computer, and my uh, my to do list, my pad, my my pad for my to do list.
0: Okay, okay. That was
4: a good yeah. one. That was a good. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one.
0: So um yeah, for myself, it would be um, a watch because I just feel naked without a watch. My sure. glass, my glasses, because okay, I can't I can't see shit, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and 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 then I I probably say my my laptop also. That's, that's okay. That's a lifeline. So we have a viewer that mentioned the Fumi Station Black Architect. Does that sound familiar? F U M I. Haven't heard
4: of them. I think I saw that come up. I'm not sure if that's an architectural firm or if uh, I, I don't know if, if, the, if the listeners on, if they can specify what that is. That'd be great. I'm not sure what that.
0: Yeah, what that that is. might be maybe an organization, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll find out. Whatever list it is, we're gonna be looking for you on it on it, Corey. Absolutely, I, I can, I can Absolutely. tell you that. I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> nice. Um, any advice for our viewers and those folks listening that's interested in real estate, investing, business, entrepreneurship overall? What, what advice would you give folks that's watching and listening now? Um, and Because we are recording this. So what advice yes. would, would you give them?
4: So that, that is a, a, you know, I always love a question like that. Um, education, brother. Mm. Education whether you are being an investor, a business owner, um, uh, education is extremely important. Educating yourself in the industry that you are interested in being a business owner in, educating yourself on your competition, educating yourself on how to be the best in that particular industry that you wanna be in, Mm -hmm. educating yourself on how to give yourself the edge to be as profitable as you wanna be, Whenever you get into any level of business, um, if you don't have the education or you're not educated enough to be better than your competitor, you're already coming in at a disadvantage. You're already coming in at a disadvantage if you're a minority, if you are a black woman, um, black person, period, or if you are not financially in a position to springboard yourself to the top. You're already in a in a um, at at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So the best advantage is education. Um, I read. I read like crazy, I I, I have audiobooks. I don't really listen to radio, I don't do TV much. I, I watch YouTube and it's all educational based. The information is there, like it's right. there. It, there's no shortage of information with Google and the internet and YouTube nice. and trying to find resources. So I really do a lot of um, educating myself um, and putting myself around people of like mind,
3: mm-hmm. like
4: yourself mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. colleagues. So I'm always trying to submerge myself around people that's moving in the same direction. It doesn't mean that you need to be in real estate, but if you are a business owner, I guarantee you that you can share one thing with me that can be beneficial to my growth as an entrepreneur. So if I had to give that advice, I would say people, please educate yourself. Um, Again, the reason why I started all of well my mentor program, uh, Millionaire Mindset is because a lot of my investors, when I would ask them, well, what's your experience as an investor? And they would just be like, Nothing
0: like, geez, <laughs> like how is that possible? <laughs> you know, you have people spending 20, 30, 40 a
4: hundred thousand dollars a clip and you don't know anything. Yeah, so yeah. um I, I always encourage whether it be me or I'd also I also have um one hour one-on-one um like just q a's with people about business. And I've talked to a ton of uh, clients, friends that I have, and I've been able to um help them steer their business in the right direction right so mm-hmm. i'll give you a book it's called e-myth revisited i don't know if you if you if you've read that but i i recommend that to um the listeners it's called the e-myth revisited uh, i think it's called i think it's by michael gerber it's an amazing book and it talks about basically how to make a business successful right it, it talks about the difference between mm-hmm. a technician a manager and an owner it's an amazing book so i read a lot and um, and I always try to educate myself. It doesn't matter where you came from. Books are out there to, for the taking. It's up to you to put in the work. So that is the one thing that I would strongly recommend for people to uh, to do out the gate. Educate yourself, people. Find it, right. get it.
0: Because it's out there. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of information to get out there. Absolutely. But when so, what I want to know is when do you have your um, your millionaire mindset, or do you just randomly do your videos, or is that on a schedule um, date and time that you do?
4: Sure. Yeah. So everything with me is on the schedule, brother. Um, I, well, I, I knew do that. <laughs> I do a podcast every Tuesday, um, okay. where I talk for an hour about a different subject that's that I teach in my program. So that's just the podcast. But my program is a six week program where I meet three hours once a week with my student who has signed up for the program. And I'm basically teaching them everything that they need to know on how to become an investor. But the actual podcast, well, I'm just kind of giving away free jewels, free information. I do it every Tuesday at seven o'clock between seven and eight. And um, it's good, man. I just, uh, I enjoy just kind of sharing some information. I engage with people. Um, I talk less about the program and more about substance. So if anybody's interested in the program, I always have them to DM me or call me directly and we can get into the meat and potatoes of what the program entails. But the actual information is just really about... Real estate—it's different Real subjects, estate. you know. It's lit, it's a ton of stuff that we can talk about. So I'll literally pluck a few uh, topics out of my out of my program, out of my modules, and I'll just talk about it. I'll elaborate on it for the first half, and then the second half, I'll give students an opportunity to ask me questions. Well, what do you think about this? And can you tell me about this and feed and give me some feedback on that? So it's good every Tuesday, at seven o'clock is what I is when I do it, and I do it on my IG live uh, yep. on my IG live
0: okay okay um so we have a comment back here so she's another black architect in the area nice Nice. okay
4: yeah i'm gonna look her up i'll 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 connect with her i'm sure she understands the uh the challenge now you know be clear i didn't say that they're not um black architects that's out there i i know i know several right Um, we just don't get the recognition that we deserve we don't get the um we're not put on the platforms that our counterparts are we're not recognized by doing good work and we do amazing work. So we should be recognized as well. We we tend to only be recognized for basketball and football and rap,
3: which, right.
4: uh, which I think uh, is, is, is malarkey for the lack of a better word. So yeah. I love to connect with her. So I'll, I'll look her up.
0: Well, I'll tell you what you connect, you let me know. And um, this is actually my executive director who is phenomenal. She's good with, with research. You connect with her. We coming down. Dinner's on me.
4: Sounds good. I'll definitely okay. do that. I'll make sure we make that happen. All
0: right. Good. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. So, owning a restaurant. Tell me, what's what's your favorite food or, or drink? Even you got to have a favorite food or drink.
4: I do. So, um for me personally, I love love our lamb chops. Our lamb chops are probably our lamb chops are probably um you know some of the best lamb chops on this side of heaven. And I know that's a bold <laughs> statement. I know that's a bold statement, but I'm gonna go with that, Rich. Um, So lamb chops are really, really good. Um, So again, the way the menu is set up is to offer a different level of delicacy for anybody who comes in the door, whether it be the person who wants, you know, a nice lamb chop or steak meal with a side of asparagus um, or broccoli or mac and cheese. And then we have the soul food, you know, shrimp and grits, chicken and waffles. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We have that. Um, and then we also have again your traditional wings and stuff. So I love our lamb chops Um, our mac and cheese and sweet potato casserole is literally amazing. So, um, that's kind of my dish of of, of choice Um, I don't drink i've never drank in my life, but our noir signature drink. It's a martini Um, it's a rock based merlot some other ingredients. It's really really good if you like sweet drinks um, uh, but you know, a lot of our drinks are really, really good. But I would recommend if you come and get you a Noir, get you some lamb chops, get you some of our mac and cheese. If you're interested in soul food that day, get you some shrimp and grits. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> I know that. You will not be disappointed. I know, I know
0: that's right. Tell, tell us, what's your pet peeve when it comes to uh, things in the restaurant industry? What's a pet peeve of yours? Before you even answer that, sure. when, when, when's your birthday, Corey?
4: It's September 18th.
0: Holy cow. I'm yep. sitting there saying myself, this dude has to be a Virgo. I am my a Virgo. My birthday my birthday, September 14th.
4: Gotcha. So yeah, you're <laughs> two of so, a kind.
0: Yes, yes. So you're you already know. I said this dude has to be a Virgo. He has
4: I am a Virgo. Virgo, absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. So tell us your pet peeve. Uh,
4: uh, your so pet peeve. I'll give you. I'll give you two. I'll give you one on the client side, like dealing with the clients, and then I'll give you one on the actual business side. So okay, the client side. Um. People, um, obviously, customer service is, is important. Like, it's major for me. It's number one. I make sure that my staff understands the importance of customer service and what it means to not only running a business, but running a business where you have a lot of people. People, when they come out to eat, they come out for two reasons. They come out for um, great ambiance
3: mm-hmm. nice.
4: and great customer service. Facts. Because quite frankly, if they wanted good food, in most cases, they would stay home and just cook food because they know how they like it, right. right? Now, they definitely want good food, but that's not at the top of the list. It's great ambiance and good customer service. I've been to places where the food was subpar, but if the customer service was great, I'll go back every time,
3: right? Mm-hmm.
4: If the ambiance was, was enjoyable, then I'm going to go back a lot more. So- when we get customers that come in, obviously we want to meet the expectations of those customers, but we get a lot of customers, but not a lot. We only get a few, actually, to be honest with you, that, that'll come in looking for something to be wrong, right? Mm. And we try our best to accommodate these people as much as possible. But the big pet peeve I hear is this wasn't right. I'm never coming back, right? And this this speaks in volumes not only to my business, but to everybody's business. And I, I engage with everybody. I sit and I talk and I communicate and I laugh and I joke, and I want to make people feel welcome to come back and I introduce myself because you know, I'm just me, brother. I'm not this, mm-hmm. you can actually talk to me, I'm accessible. I'm a, and I wanna communicate with you as well. When I hear people say certain things because they had a bad experience, I always tend to ask them, have you had a bad experience at Walmart? And have you had a bad experience <laughs> at Bank of America and mm-hmm. T-Mobile and Comcast? And they say yes. So I read this meme off to them that I got from Instagram. It said, I went to a black establishment and I did business with a Black establishment. And I had a bad experience. But I'm going to keep coming back until I get it right. And I say that in my phone because we as a culture tend to have a bad experience with a Black-owned establishment regardless. And they'll be quick to be like, oh, I'm never going to come back. Mm. But you'll go to that white-owned establishment a million times over mm. and have a, a bad experience a million times over. And I feel like bad experiences is a part of business, period. Right? Our um, reference to a situation that you had I think you called me one day and I wasn't <laughs> even I was out of town
0: right yeah yep, and this yep. is how
4: transparent I am about it You called me and you said brother um you know I'm in the restaurant I'm having a good time and um I have a business colleague of mine and I, I believe it was some hair mm-hmm. in the food
3: yeah, yeah
4: no worries I'm gonna take care of it I immediately yeah. jumped on the phone I called my business partner my business partner told my um the waiter and the meal was paid for. And I was out of town. I said, look, I'll take care of the meal. Don't worry about it. You know, I apologize. Please come back. And of course, you've been back several times since. Yeah, but my yeah. point is, things like that happen. Like, it's a right. part of business. Right, right, right. And I'm more than willing to handle that experience um, with you, as well as Zikwe. We, You know, his wife came in one day, and they had a shortage on romaine lettuce. And we gave her um, <laughs> uh, a salad that didn't have romaine, and she mentioned it. And I listened to him, and we talked it out. And he just, he big. Me up on how I handle it. I'm like, brother, that's what it's about. So, my pet peeve is people not being willing to understand the same thing that they understand when they deal with white establishments. Yep. I think it's ridiculous. Right. I think yep. that people should obviously expect quality customer service. But if indeed something goes wrong in that experience, it's nothing wrong with giving them another chance. It's okay because if you were a business owner and somebody had a bad day in your establishment, you would want them to come back as well. So, that's my pet peeve on the client side is us um being so hard on each other yeah. right and not really understanding that um you know there is a there is margin for error not a large margin but there should be some level mm-hmm. of margin for error and allowing us to to take care of it
0: so um, so so Corey, it. I I hate to cut you off here but That's okay we we you know we um there's never enough time there's never enough time Absolutely. and I, and I you know think this, this is one of those times where I, I think I just wanna come down there next next time we'll get join the show and we'll do it live there with Let's some food food in front of us and, and, and enjoy so So uh, my producers, he's, he's pinging me and everything else. So um, I, I definitely wanna thank you for joining. We were planning this for a long time.
4: Absolutely uh, brother, I
0: appreciate it. You know, and, and any final words before you close out?
4: Guys, um, again, I, I really appreciate all the support. Um, I don't take it for granted. Um, Anything that I do, I do it with the best intentions to push our culture forward. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Corey D. Brown. It's C-O-R-E-Y D. Brown is my social media platform on both um, Instagram and Facebook. I'm easy to find. Um, Noir, you have the address, 5716 York Road. I love to, you know, have you to come down and, and have you to get some good food. Rich, again, as always, I appreciate your brotherhood. I appreciate you offering the opportunity for me. Um, and, and a platform for me to offer my story to, to the good people. Anytime you want to do it again, I'm here, brother.
0: All right. Appreciate that. So there you have it. Another successful episode here on beexposedradio.com. Shouts out to my special guest who was on earlier, uh, Courtney Robertson. Shouts out to my featured guest here, Corey Brown. Um, shouts out to my producer and my executive director, more so my producer who gave me some extra time here today. Love you, Monty. Monty the Magician. Be Exposed Radio, folks. Make sure you watch, listen, follow us. Corey, we're going to talk because I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely like to get Noir um, to be a, a sponsor for the show. We can have your banner and all other good stuff. Very small fee. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna
3: okay, let's talk about that. it.
0: No doubt. No doubt. All right. There you have it. Another faithful episode. Until next week, take care. I'm Rich right, James. Right.
3: Nice.